Hello and welcome to the podcast, It's the Love of God for Me, hosted by none other than Lenisha, a former non-believer turned into a believer of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Subscribe on Apple and Spotify for weekly mind-blowing interviews, actionable tips, powerful revelations, and spiritual strategies that will transform your lives daily. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now let's jump right into our daily dose of practical spiritual food. The joy, I I know that what God is doing here, even if it's one, two people, three, four, five listeners, I, there's fruits that's coming forward from that. Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree with you. You know, I, I've probably been a guest on, I'm probably closing in on 700 podcasts around the world and I've never paid to be on a podcast and I've never been paid to be mm-hmm. on a podcast. You know, it, it's, it's never, it's never been about the monetary part of it. It's been about the message. Yes. Yes. And I, I think you get that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And people won't believe me if I tell them that I've not made a cent since I started my podcast and I don't care. I really, I don't care. I, I'm not saying to God, God, if you want to bless me this way, I won't accept it. But you, you gotta, when you're building, you have to focus on building, just focus on what you're doing. And God says your gift will make room for you. If, if, if the time comes when God decide that your heart was right towards this, and now it's time for me to give you that reward, then it's on him in his own time. I just want to make sure that everything I, I have done on this show is to bring glory to God's name. Like that's my heart and that's what I'm focused on because I want when I stand before him. I said, Lord, you know what? I probably couldn't travel the world and minister, but I I use my apps and I, I use my, my, my this and I, I try to tell somebody about you. I, I just want to make him smile. Yeah. 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 I, that's great. That is great. I'm so glad you found this this purpose in life. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I'm going to leave you to talk about yourself when we begin our session, because of course I would want you to repeat that um, back again. So I, I will get to learn more about you when we start our, our session. We're 17 minutes in. I might throw a part of this first part in. I don't know. I feel like God want me to kind of throw this, you know, this little conversation in, but let's see what happens. Sure. <laughs> sure no problem. All right, so we'll begin in five. Five, four. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I think I, I need to pray and ask the Lord first for his um, direction, then we begin. Um, do you mind? I just pray quickly. No, not at all. Okay. Father, Lord, we come before your presence today, giving you honor, giving you praise, giving you thanks. Lord, you have orchestrated this moment. You knew this day would come before we even know it. We thank you for connecting us. And Lord, we just ask that your name be glorified. We thank you that you give us the boldness and the courage, God, to testify. It is written that we overcome by your blood and by the word of our testimony. So we thank you, Father, that we love not our own lives even unto death. That, God, we will give you glory. Every chance we get, we'll tell somebody of your goodness. So, Lord, we thank you now and we ask that you have your way and let your will be done, Holy Spirit. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.
Awesome. All right, so we'll begin in five. Five, four, <coughs> three, two, one. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of It's the Love of God for Me. We are in season seven, and y'all know, y'all know, we are here to talk about the goodness of God. And I'm so happy, as usual, you guys know, I always say this, I'm so excited for what God is doing and what God is about to do. So get your hearts ready to hear what the Lord have to say in this hour through his servant. And so I'm so excited to introduce to you guys today, Terry Tucker, and he's here to share with us his experiences being in that relationship with the Lord and his journey and, and what that is like. And I cannot wait to hear what God has done in his life. And I do know that um, this episode today will be a blessing to someone so guys remember to share this ep today if you have any friends any family members co-workers tell them let them know what is happening here in season seven and that we are out here talking about the grace of god because believe you me when i tell you this god is good in fact, last night I was reading in the book of Matthew chapter 14, I believe. And please don't quote me on this. I don't remember if it's in Matthew 14, but I know it's somewhere in the book of Matthew. And I was I was amazed. I was left in awe when I read the scripture. And this morning I was talking to the Lord about this, this word that I was reading because I've read the entire book of Matthew before, but this um, part of the chapter never stood out to me until last night. And I was saying to the Lord this morning, I said, God, well, you know what? This is just how you are. We'll read the Bible, but there comes a season when you want certain things to, you know, for us to focus or zoom into certain details of the word so that we can get that revelation that we need in that hour. And um, what I got from the word in Matthew 14, and I wish I had my Bible open right now so I could quote directly from the scripture. But in summary, if I should put it in my own words, Jesus Christ, while he was on earth, he he was teaching the multitude and he said to them, you know, do good to those who do evil to you, those who persecute you, bless them, those who curse you, be kind to them. And he talks about going the extra mile for persons who have done you the, the worst that you can think of. But then we always hear about that. But the part that we don't really hear about is when he said, because so it is with your heavenly father. And when you do these things, you will be children of the most high. And I, before I continue to read the scripture, I was thinking to myself, what does the Lord mean by this? But then I started to read, I saw where he said, because he, which is our heavenly father, he is kind to the uh, wicked and the ungrateful. And that just, it, it, it blew my mind. And what I understood from that scripture, in case somebody missed that, the Lord was saying to us, what I'm asking you to do 
is not something that your heavenly father has not done because he has blessed even people that has cursed him. Many of us has been there when things are going bad, we curse the Lord. We say all kinds of evil about God. Even persons that don't believe that there is a God, he blesses them. He's kind towards them. And so I'm sharing all that just to say to somebody today that's listening, God is good. Whether you are a servant of the Lord or you're not, God is good and he has been good to you. And I pray that even as I share this word to you today, after you hear um, the testimony of my guests, you will be reminded or you will be able to see the goodness of God in your life, whether you're saved or you're not yet saved. And so I just want to put that out there, guys. God is good. All right, awesome. So I will take no or waste no more time to introduce to you our guest that is here on the show today, Terry Tucker. I'm going to leave him to tell you about, again, his experience with the goodness of God. Hi, Terry Tucker. Welcome to the show. It's the Love of God for Me podcast. We're so happy to have you on board with us today. Lanisha, thank you very much for having me on today. I am really looking forward to talking with you. Awesome. We are looking forward to hear from you as well. And so, Terry, can you just quickly tell us, you know, in a nutshell, who is Terry Tucker? Yeah, who is Terry Tucker? I guess to use the, the grouping of threes, I, I, I'm a husband, I'm a father, and I'm a child of God. And, and I have... I've certainly been a child of God my whole life. I was I was born and raised a Catholic. My mother um, was incredibly devout, incredibly faithful, still is. She's 88 years old at this point in time. And God has always been an incredibly important part of, of our lives. I, I you know, my story is not one where my parents, you know, were, were alcoholics and beat us and stuff. I I, I had just the opposite. I I am the oldest of three boys. You you can't tell this from my voice, but I'm six foot eight inches tall, and I I played college basketball uh, growing up. And then I have another brother who's six foot seven, who was a pitcher for the University of Notre Dame's baseball team, and another brother who was six foot six, who was drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers in the National Basketball Association. And then my dad was six five, so I sort of joked that. If you sat behind our family in church growing up, there wasn't a prayers chance you were going to see anything that was going on because we were all so tall. But our but our five foot eight inch mother, you know, was the boss. It didn't matter how big, tall, strong we were. Whatever mom said went. And mom was an incredibly devout individual. Awesome, awesome. Uh, that's that's great. And so, um, where are you from? Tell us where you're from. So I was born on the south side of Chicago. My brothers and my mother still live there. My father, unfortunately, is deceased. And I have lived all over the United States, Atlanta, Georgia, Charleston, South Carolina, Cincinnati, Ohio, Houston, Texas, Santa Barbara, California, and currently reside in Denver, Colorado. Oh, great. Awesome. So is it a case that you were traveling the world or you just happened to just relocate a lot? Uh, part of it was my when we were young with with my father's job. My father was in real estate, uh, so we moved occasionally for his job. Uh, I went to college in Charleston, South Carolina, 
And then I have been sort of the trailing spouse. My wife is the primary breadwinner in our relationship. So uh, our family goes where she goes. And so we've we've had some, some ups and downs and some really great places we've lived and some not so great places, but we are very fortunate that we have always, wherever we've been, we've been together. That's great, awesome. And I, I, I wanna believe that you guys made a lot of memories um, during these experiences. Am I correct? We have. I, I mean, we've been, my wife and I have been married for 30 years this year. Um, we have one child, a daughter, who's a graduate of the United States Air Force Academy and is an officer in the new branch of the military in the United States, the Space Force. And we are, we are incredibly uh, thankful for our daughter and for the things that, that she has done in her life. I'll, I'll never forget you know, as a parent, you always wonder sometimes, you know, am I doing it right? And, you know, am, am I giving this child what he or she needs to, to not only be a child of God, but to be successful in life as well. And I'll never forget, there was one, one day she called home from the Air Force Academy and, and she said during the conversation, you know, mom and dad, I am so glad I have the relationship that I have with you because so many kids here can't stand their parents. And I, you know, at, at that point it was like, thank you, God. I, I guess, I guess you directed us to do what was right for her. Awesome. And so what I'm hearing is that the same principles that was passed down to you from your parents, because um, I remember you saying earlier that you had one of those great childhood growing up, which I'm going to have you share with us in a minute what that was like. So you would have passed that down to your your children as well, which now, you know, I guess that's why your daughter would say that, right? I, I like to think so. You know, I, I my parents taught us the value of family, of loving each other, of caring for each other, of supporting each other. And, you know, my parents, I sort of joke, did what we call divide and conquer parenting, where I would have a game, you know, on a particular night at a particular location. And then my brother would have a practice at the same time at another location. So, you know, dad would go with one of us and mom would go with the other one. So they were constantly supporting us, constantly helping us to do what we liked to do as, as parents. And I, I mean, I am incredibly grateful for, for everything that our parents gave us. I, I'm not one of those people that, you know, can't stand their parents. I am, I am incredibly lucky for the, the mother and father that God gave us. So walk us down memory lane. What was it like for you um, growing up as a child? Because you seem to have one of those childhood that sounds exciting so i'm sure um our audience today they want to hear a little bit more about you know like what was it like for you growing up in your household with your siblings um because you had siblings right i do i have two brothers yes right so what was it like growing up with your parents um, as a child i want you to take us all the way to at the start of high school. No, I, I don't want you to tell us, you know, what life was like during your years in high school as yet, but just take us from being a child all the way up to that point. Yeah, I, I mean, we were, you know, middle-class people. I mean, we, we never, you know, we never wanted for anything. We never wanted for clothes or food and stuff like that. I was I was born and raised a Catholic. I, my parents sent us to Catholic grade school. 
and then eventually high school, but we'll get into that in a minute. And so, you know, it was, it, it was what I like to call faith, family, and friends. You know, I mean, faith was an incredibly important part of our lives. Our family was also incredibly important. And so were our friends. I call those the three Fs and they will, they will pay, play a bigger part in my life as, as I get older and we, and we talk about that. So those were, you know, I mean, we, we went to church on Sunday. We, you know, we were with our, our grandparents. We were, you know, we were playing sports. We were, act, you know, being as, as, you know, my parents were all, you know, you, you've got to get good grades if you want to play sports and things like that, you know, but it was my parents, in addition to talking the talk, they walked the walk. You know, it wasn't like, you know, I'm going to tell you not to do this, but then I'm going to go do that myself. So they were very, you know, it, like I said, we grew up Catholic. So, you know, during Lent, during the Easter season, you know, we, we sacrificed, we, we did penance, we went to services and things like that. And then every day during every Sunday during the, the, the year, we were, God was always present in our lives. And, and that was because of our parents. Great. Awesome. And so the tree F, guys, the tree F, family, faith, and friends. I yeah. think if we have all three, that makes a perfect um, combo, if you ask me. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes we are not fortunate enough to have all three in our life growing up. We might have the faith, but we don't have a great relationship with our family. Um, we might have the friends, but we don't have the faith. Like, it, you know, it's always a blessing if we have, as children growing up, we know the importance of our faith. We know the importance of families and we know the same for um, friends. So, um, okay, so you said that you were raised Catholic. Can you talk to us a little bit more about what was it like growing up um, in the Catholic faith? Yeah, it, it was um, it was a time. I'm 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 much older than you are. You know, it, it was a time uh, where the Catholic Church was sort of reinventing itself. When when my parents were growing up, the the mass, the service was done facing away from the congregation. You know, it was sort of the the priest is up there and the congregation's kind of back here. And when I was growing up, that changed. That changed from a mass that was done in, in the Latin language to a, a, a mass that was done in whatever language, you know, if you were if you were a Spanish community, the, the mass could be done in Spanish. You know, for us, it was English. For, you know, people in France, it was French and things like that. And the priests now faced the congregation and the congregation was more involved in it. I was a I was an altar server, I, so I assisted the priests during the mass when I was growing up, and I, and I loved that. I enjoyed doing that, and I was also I had the opportunity to to serve weddings, and you know, which are some of the happiest times in our life, and also funerals, which are some of the the saddest times in in our lives. And so, you know, it, it was everything revolved around the church. You know, I played basketball. For, for my Catholic school. I, I went to church there. I went to school there. So everything pretty much revolved around our Catholic faith. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. And so now you are about to, or you started high school, right? And you, again, you talk about the three Fs, family, faith, friends. 
as you go through your years in high school, did that foundation, was that foundation challenged by what you were now experiencing? Because I know that when we transition from one stage to the next, things become different. We start to see the world for what it truly is, especially if we were raised, you know, being shielded from certain things. And we, we start to go out there and interact with different people, different faith, different walks, background, religion, all kinds of things. Was that challenged um, during those years, even into college? Actually, it was more, I, I'd say the word I would use was solidified. I, I, I mentioned I was, I was a basketball player and I was a really good basketball player kind of in middle school. And then I got to high school and I tore a cartilage in my knee and I ended up having to have surgery and, and the wound got infected and that led to a second surgery where they took out 25 pieces of my bone that had chipped off uh, from the first surgery. And I remember when I, I you know, I was, was right after my freshman year in high school. So I was maybe 15 years old and I was still a kid. And I remember one night I, I was in the hospital. This was unfortunately long before arthroscopic surgery was available. So I, I have the long zipper scar on the outside of my knee. And, and so I was in the hospital and I, and I had an infection. I was in a lot of pain. I was getting a lot of medication. And I remember one night I was hallucinating. I, I was seeing things that, that weren't there. And this was long before cell phones were available. And I remember like two o'clock in the morning, I picked up the phone and, and I called home. I called my mom and, 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 and dad. And you know, you wake up the whole house because you know, I mean, all the landlines start ringing in the house. And I, I, was, I was scared, I was crying. And I remember my mom said, open the top drawer of the nightstand next to your bed in the hospital. And there's a rosary in there. Take out the rosary and start saying it. And so I did. And, and that, that for me brought, brought comfort, brought, you know, it was like, okay, this isn't as scary anymore. So I, I think that, that experience really kind of solidified my faith, not so much challenged it. I was, I was attending a Catholic all boys high school on the South side of Chicago at the time. And so, you know, we, we were still in the Catholic faith, but for me, you know, like you say, you're right. You know, you, you have friends and some of your friends are not practicing Catholics and, and they kind of say, yeah, there's no such thing as God. There's no God out there and things like that. And, and, and that's part of our spiritual journey. That's part of, you know, I, I, our, our, actually I'll get to that story later, but you know, that's, that's part of our journey that, that we need to, is there a God? Is there not a God? How do you know? What, what, you know, your, is your faith being called into question here? And how do you discern whether or not this is the right path for you? This is something that you need to do. And I just knew, like I said, when I, when I pulled that rosary out and I started saying it, there was, there was power in those prayers. You know, there was, I'm going to be okay. This, I'm going to get through this, not because of something I'm doing or not even something that my parents are doing, but of something that God is doing right now. I love the way that you put it. You said, how do we know that we are on the right path in terms of our faith? I, I love that statement that you, you made. How do you truly know? And, um, 
of course, when we, and that's why I love to have conversations with different people um, from all walks of life, because we all have different, you know, faith or beliefs and what we think is the right way. But how, how do we really truly get to know that? So I'm hearing you, you're saying, okay, I'm going through all this. I was raised in this faith and I, I did this and God, I felt like God really helped me that night. You mentioned that you, you felt like you were hallucinating as well and you were seeing some things. Were you on medication at the time or was, and, and tell us what were some of the things that you were seeing? Yeah, I, I was on medication. I was on uh, an, an antibiotic. I was on um, a narcotic for the pain. I, you know, I, I was on all kinds of medication. And I was, I, I, re I remember, I, and you're going to laugh at this because I still laugh at it myself. I was seeing, a, you know, at the wall right across from the foot of my bed, I was seeing a purple elephant. Yeah. And I, I, you know, like I said, I said, I knew you'd laugh. I mean, I laugh, you know, it's like, what? I'm seeing, a, there's no purple elephant in, in a hospital at two o'clock in the morning. You know, you know, you know, that's not right. And, you know, when I called home, my mother, you know, my mother's like, I'll call you right back. She called the nurse's station and she was like, is, is my son okay? You know, I mean, is, is he in any physical danger? And they assured her that he was not, that I was not. And then, okay, now I'm going to call him back. And I'm like, okay. You know, I, I just want to make sure as a parent, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do to make sure you're you're physically okay. Now let's talk about, you know, what's going on. And and they knew that they had probably, you know, all this medication buildup was probably causing me to hallucinate. And so now it was like, okay, now we got to deal with this. And how do we do that? We deal with it through prayer. So take out that rosary and start saying those Hail Marys and Our Fathers. And that's what I did. Okay. So you, because I thought when you said you were seeing things, I thought that you were going to make reference to um, seeing any kind of like idiot demonic stuff. So I was like, oh my gosh, because then I would say to you, maybe you were not hallucinating, maybe because your, your flesh was being weakened by these medication, your spirit man was more alert. But then you said purple elephant. I'm like, oh no, you're definitely- yeah, That wasn't the gut thing, no. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, no, you're, you were definitely seeing things that was not. <laughs> okay, so, um, all right. So I want you to know, I'm gonna fast forward you now, okay? okay. I want for you to tell us, you know, because before I, before I ask you this, I will tell you the reason why I'm asking. I, I was raised, and I, I talk about my life story in season one. I, I was raised in, um, uh, I, I was raised in, in, in the, I would put it this, I call it doctrines, right? Different doctrines. I was raised in this doctrine where we were told that we have to be um, baptized in the name of um, the the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you, you're familiar with that saying, and it's actually in the Bible as well, but um, Jesus was the one who said that. And there, there has been a long debate about uh, some person says, well, I'm doing it this way because Jesus said that. And then some are saying, well, I'm doing what the apostles did. They, they baptized persons in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to do what the apostles did. Because maybe when Jesus said baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, he was referring to him himself because the Bible tells us that Jesus is the invisible image of the, of the Godhead, right? So, or of the invisible God, sorry. So I was raised in that doctrine. And um, 
I grew up having that understanding of, of God and and what what you know again every way always seems right unto a man. If you were raised in a certain path, you're obviously you're going to grow up and think this is the right way. And this is why we have so many different religions all across the world because everybody was raised in a certain thing. They they grew up thinking that that is the right path. But when I got when when I felt okay, so I I talked about in season one while I was even though I, I was raising that foundation I have a kind of different story than you I never kept on my path of faith or belief I strayed away from that because the older I got going through high school and all of that I began to experience the real world and I started to want to do certain things and I find myself um I don't know if you party have you ever party before um no, I've, I've never been drunk. I, I've never smoked. I've never done drugs. I've never done any of that stuff. Not because I didn't have the opportunity to. It's just I never had any interest in doing those kind of things. Kudos to you. Guys, we need to give Mr. Tucker an applause. Oh my gosh, I wish I had some kind of sound that I could do to applause. <laughs> that is so amazing. It's rare when you find someone whom, you know, never partake in these things because, I mean, look at the age that we're living in now. And and when I was growing up, these things were popular just the same. So, I mean, I, I've done the whole nine yard and I talk about that in, in, in season one. So I was deep in sin. I was very far away from God. Um, and the Lord began to give me certain experiences, um, show me certain things in dreams and the the third time the Lord called me, I I knew I had to turn to the Lord. And so my point in why I made reference to that was that when I realized that God was calling me to turn from my path of sin that I was on, I began to investigate everything, you know, because I wanted to be sure that I'm sure that I'm sure that I'm at the right place, even though I had this foundation growing up. And I, I did my investigation and I have come to the conclusion, you know, that the Bible is the foundation of truth. And I begin to follow those laws and those rules. So my question to you was, even though you were raised on faith, family, friends, and you seem to kept that, um, you know, kept rooted in, in what you were raised, at what point in your life did um, T- Terry Tucker decide, okay, I am going to investigate this just to make sure that I know that I know that this is the path. And 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 what was your, how did your relationship with God evolve? Did it evolve? Did it grow? And what are some of the experiences that you have had uh, during that season of your life, if, if you did? Sure. So I, I, I guess I'll, I'll tell you this story. So I, I went to college at a military school in, in Charleston, South Carolina called the Citadel. And my my senior year at the Citadel, I was elected to the position that was, we had a religious council on campus. And I was elected to the, to the position of being president of that council. And that encompassed all the religions that we had on campus. So it was, you know, the, the Southern Baptists, the Catholics, the Methodists, you know, the, the Jewish faith, the, uh, the Islamic faith, the, we, we had, it, it was, we had all kinds of faiths. And the purpose of our religious council 
was not to say, you know, my God is better than your God or your God is better than my uh, this guy. It was to basically inform, to, to, to educate, to say, okay, this is what I believe as a Jew. This is what I believe as a Catholic. This is what I believe as a Southern Baptist. This is what I believe as a Muslim. And, and not to say that you were better or worse than somebody else, but just to give information, just to put that out there so people could learn. You know, it's hard to talk about something that you know nothing about, that you have no knowledge about. And so for me, it was an incredibly uh, interesting time because I got to learn all about different religions. But it was also a time, and, and I'll tell you this story. So I, I was elected uh, my right at the end of my junior year to start to serve when we came back in the fall of my senior year. And there was also a vice president, a treasurer, and a secretary of the organization. And I remember I was actually getting ready for a date. It was a Friday night. I, I had a date with the girl that I was dating. And I had one, the man who was the cadet, who was uh, uh, the vice president, who was like the vice president said, Terry, I really need to talk to you. And I said, hey, can it wait? It's Friday night. I'm kind of running late. I, I got to take a shower and I've got to get ready. And he, he was like, no, it's really important. I need to talk to you. And I'm like, okay. And and we we were a military school. We were on an honor code. So none of us had locks on our doors and on our dorm rooms or anything like that. So I said, look, I'm going to take a shower. Why don't you come meet me after you finish eating dinner and we can talk while I'm getting dressed for my date. He's like, sure, that's fine. And so, you know, I take a shower and I'm getting dressed and he comes in and he's like, okay, I said, Phil, what's so important that you need to talk to me on a Friday night at, you know, six o'clock at night? Well, why can't this wait until, you know, Sunday or Monday? And he's like, no, Terry, this is too important. I said, well, what is it? He said, well, when a Jewish person comes to you and wants to do an event, I want you that, to send them to me so that I can show them in the Bible where they are wrong. And I... It was all I could do, honestly, not to throw him out of my room. Mm. It was like, Phil, that's not what this is about. It's not about you saying we're right and they're wrong. It's about us trying to come to an understanding of each person. It's not about you're right or you're wrong. It's about how can I love this person even though they don't believe what I can believe. I said, Phil, no, we're not doing that. Absolutely not. And thank you for making me late for my date. And I walked out of my room. So that was a that was kind of a defining moment in my life because I I got to learn about different religions, but I also got to see where so religions were so intolerant that they wouldn't have any room for the love of God for somebody who didn't believe what they believe. Awesome, Terry. And you know, I I I I, I say this all the time that this show is led by the Holy Spirit and it's not led by anyone else but the Holy Spirit. Because the reason why I even, I'm throwing this part of it in here, there's some that will listen to this episode today and that, that religiosity thing where if a person have a different kind of belief, they have no tolerance to hear what these persons have to say. But for me, 
I always tell myself, I want to keep a teachable spirit, okay? I want to be able to learn and understand from people from all walks of life, your faith, what you believe in. And as you, you said before, you don't present the information in such a way like, okay, if you don't believe what I believe, I don't want to hear anything else. Because when Jesus came and he taught, he never said, well, if you don't believe what I don't, I don't believe, I don't want to hear anything else. He would, he would give the word and then still love, still do all the other kind stuff towards the people, whether they were Gentiles, you know, whether I was even reading in the book of Acts when Peter had went to a group of Gentiles to proclaim the gospel. And when he got back to his fellow brethren who were Jews by heart, you know, even though they got saved too, you know, they, they were, there was like a dispute. Why did you go to the Gentiles? You know that these people are 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 not Jews and Gentiles are not supposed to mix. And Peter had to stand and explain to them like, listen, this is not my doing. This is God's doing. And and God is the one who who who, who led me there. You know, so my point is what I'm saying is that we have to be more more patient, more, more loving, more kind towards people. Even if we have conversations, you don't, you don't have the same faith as I do. It doesn't mean I can't have a conversation with you. It doesn't mean I can't listen to what you're saying or understand where you're coming from. Because the truth is all of us are raised in a certain path. Again, take for example, and not to throw any religion out there, but let's talk about, um, the Muslims, okay, they have a certain belief. And of course, from they were a child, these things were, were planted in them. They grew up thinking that this is, is the way. And there's nothing that you can do or say to them unless God himself want to reveal certain things or show them a certain path. They're, they're just going to hold that to say this is what it is. Okay, so at the end of the day, and I, will, I always say even to a lot of persons who are so religious and they're so, they don't have any tolerance to have conversation with persons who have different faith and different belief. I always say to them, how do you know? How do you know and you know and you know for a fact that your faith is, 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 is the right path? Because if you ask me, I know and I can tell you thousands of not not stories but experience and encounters that I've had with the God that I stand for the world knows I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord I stand by the Holy Bible as the foundation of truth and if you ask me why I have my encounters I've had supernatural encounters I've had countless overwhelming evidence that I can say here but how do you know that what you're saying yes you say that jesus christ is lord but do you know have you built that kind of relationship to know that you know so i'm, I'm just saying that to say we have to be more acceptance of persons if we're gonna if we're gonna um share the love of god we have to be more open and acceptance to person and stop acting like okay then it's 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 it's, it's all controlling you you do what i believe you you do it this way and if you don't i don't want to hear anything from you because that is not what jesus christ stands for so after you have that encounter with your 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 friend or your, your co-worker um tell me where what happened after that in terms of you searching like how how did that unfold um 
I unfortunately I I canceled. We, we had a monthly meeting and I was playing college basketball at the time. So if I was out of town, if I was on a road trip with the basketball team, instead of what should have happened is he could have stepped up as the vice president and been the person who led the meeting. I canceled the meetings because I didn't want him. He wasn't tolerant of people. He wasn't tolerant of other people. And I didn't, I didn't, that's not what we were about. We weren't about accusing people. We weren't about saying, you know, my God is better than your God. We were about saying, help me understand. I think you said that a minute ago, you know, understanding each other, you know, listening to understand as opposed to listening to respond. I wanted people to listen and, and, and listen with an open mind, but also to listen with an open heart. And, and say, okay, you know, we may not agree on our faith, but that doesn't mean we can't be friends. That doesn't mean that I don't love you. That doesn't mean that I want what's best for you. You know, and I, I mean, you know, there's that old saying that, you know, more people have been killed in the name of God than for any other reason in the history of man. And that's because we want, like you say, how do you know? How, mm. how do we know? Mm. You know, we don't know. God knows. We don't know. I mean, unless you say, like you say, he's revealed himself in some way to us. We don't know. And so it's not our job to know. It's not our job to say, you know, my God's better than yours. That's, that's, that's way above my pay grade. So I always try to look at it like you're a human being and I want what's best for you. I, I, I'm, I'm not perfect. You know, I make all kinds of mistakes every single day, but I think I want what's best for God's people. And those are just, you know, go, going back to faith, family, and friends. You, you love those people. You want those people to have whatever God wants them to have and to live a good life. Amen. Amen. Powerful. I, I absolutely am enjoying this conversation so much. And um, I think God is speaking to someone that's listening today be more tolerant and more, more tolerant and more accepting of persons regarding of their faith regarding of their belief and 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 that is what love is if jesus christ when he was on earth if he if he wanted to to just sit with those who who um were jews then where would where would i be today you know um, he was, and, and then the same thing, they condemn him because they couldn't understand how could you be a Jew, but you're sitting down eating with the Gentiles, you know, and God has called us to love. So, um, so, okay. So Terry Tucker, tell us you, 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 you had this experience. I want you to help us to understand, was there any point in your life that you decided, okay, I want to seek God for myself. I want to get to know God for myself. You know, I think there was a point in time, you know, when I was, when I was adult that I kind of felt like, you know, it was all about me. You know, I, 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 I have all the power. I, I mean, I'm six foot eight, I'm 240 pounds. I'm a big, strong, tough guy. But in 2012, I was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer. And that cancer has seen me be on a drug for five years that gave me the flu every week because of the treatment I was on. It's seen me have my left foot amputated in 2018, my left leg amputated in 2020, and I'm still battling tumors in my lungs. 
And through all that, you know, I haven't worked in 11 years. I haven't been able to work in 11 years. So you and I were talking before we, we jumped on the recording about, you know, why you started this podcast. I, you know, I was like, all right, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I remember when I was on, I was on this drug interferon, as I said, that gave me severe flu-like symptoms for two to three days every week after each injection. And I took those weekly injections for five years. And there was a point where I was so sick of being sick that I prayed to die. I, I, I wasn't contemplating suicide or anything like that, but I was just like, I felt like there was a difference between living and not dying. And I was in the not dying part of it. I, I wasn't contributing anything. I didn't feel I was doing anything. I was just getting my butt kicked, for lack of a better word, by this drug every week. And so it was like, look, God, I'm not contributing anything. I'm not doing anything that you want me to do. So take me out of this. But he didn't. But what I think he did was give me the strength to go on. And if you look at, if you think about five years, and for me, those five years were broken down day by day. It was literally surviving today, figuring out a way to survive today, knowing that I was going to have to try to figure out a way to survive tomorrow. And to do that for five years, I think back on it now and I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I do that? Because that is such a, five years is a huge amount of time. But then when you look at it, like, but my survival was day to day. So it, it, it was, that was, look, okay, I don't care how big, tall, tall, strong, tough you think you are. I think God just kind of slapped you in the face and said, uh-uh, it's not about you. It's about me. And I'm going to use your illness. I'm going to use your infirmity to further my cause. Wow. Wow. I am so sorry to hear that you um, you had this season sound to me like a Job season. I don't know. Job probably is tired of us calling his name down here on earth because I, I don't know. There's just some experiences you can't help but to make reference to Job's story. Um, who, I don't know if you've read the book of Job when, when, when he went through a season where he lost so much, just back to back, back to back affliction. He lost his kids, all his, his um, livestock. I mean, his health was touched. Like it was so much and it lasted for a few years. Um, and, and and through it all, the devil wanted him to curse God and just die, just like give up on God. But he humbled himself and he knew that his life was in God's hand. And I want you to know today, God is in control. And because he's in control, we don't get to say how things turn out. You know, he's in control and he certainly knows how to turn ashes into beauty. The Bible says he gives beauty for ashes um and someone else put it a good way he turns a mess into a message so god is he just he knows how to do what to do he's that perfect potter and despite your your circumstances which sounds to me unbearable you know sometimes we're going through things and then we hear other people's story and we go okay i could not handle that you know what i'm saying so I'm saying that to say God will allow things to come upon us because he knows that 
we have the capacity to handle or to stretch beyond, if that makes sense. Um, what he might allow you to experience, um, he will not probably allow another person to experience and vice versa. Maybe if he allow the things I've been through for you to experience emotionally, you could not endure. So just know that God is in control. And I'm not saying God caused this to happen. Please don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is that it couldn't have happened had he not permitted it. And he will not permit or allow anything to happen to us um, that he knows will destroy us. So there is power in pressure okay um there is for example you look at the the processing of wine it comes from grape the crushing you know the pressing all of that when you do that to grapes it produces tasteful sweet nice wine right mm -hmm. so my point is just that god knows how to turn a mess into a message and there's no place or point in life that we can find ourselves that God can't reach us so you have um you know your season of, of of like again like Job and through this there are times you said you felt like you wanted to die that was hard for me to hear that because if God had answered your request I wouldn't get to know you and that would not be fair to me <laughs> and that would not be fair to my my listeners as well. Um, we're so grateful to know that you still have your breath and that God has extended your life to the point where my audience and myself, we can get to meet you. Um, so you, you start to search for the Lord in depths. Um, and where are you now in terms of your relationship with God? I think it's it's stronger than ever. I, I, I remember back in 2020 when I found out I had these tumors in my lungs and I was going to have to have my leg amputated. About eight months later, my doctor showed me my CAT scan of my my chest. And I had these, you know, and I don't, I have no medical background. I don't know how to read a CAT scan, but I, you know, you can kind of look at it and say, well, gee, that doesn't look like it's supposed to be there. I had these very large tumors in my lungs and in both lungs, and I had fluid all around the pleural space. It's kind of the outer part of the lungs. And I remember looking at my doctor and saying, how, how was I alive? And he kind of got this smile on his face and sort of shook his head and said, I don't know, because you shouldn't have been which said to me that God wasn't done with me yet, you know? And I, I, I wrote a book also in 2020, I actually wrote the book while I was healing after my leg amputation and people were suggesting, they kept suggesting, you should write a book, you should write a book, you should write a book. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a writer. I'm not, you know, I'm not an author. What do you mean I should write a book? I, no, and I think what, I think what God does is God puts people, you know, there's, and I'm going to tell you an old, an old joke. There's an old joke that goes, when we talk to God, it's called prayer. When God talks to us, it's called schizophrenia. So I, I, I don't, I don't ever want you to think that God talked to me. I, and I know you've had experiences that I haven't had. So God never talked to me. God never said, Hey, Terry, write a book. I never had it in a dream. I never had anything like that. But what I think God did in my case is he put people in my path that kept saying, Terry, you should write a book. Terry, you should write a book. Terry, you should write a book. And I kept saying, no, 
But that goes back to what we Catholics believe is free will. You know, that, that yeah, God may be saying, Terry, write a book, but it's your choice to write that book. It's your choice to listen to the word of God. It's your choice to keep the commandments. You, you don't have to do that. You can go over here and do your own thing. But I think I was smart enough to realize that what, what these people were saying me to me was what God wanted me to do. And I think I was smart enough to kind of perk up and say, oh, wait a minute, maybe I ought to look at writing a book. I always say I wrote the book, but I think it was inspired by something that was much bigger than me, and that was God. Awesome. Great. And so you wrote that book, correct? I did. Awesome. So I'm going to let you talk to us a little bit more on that in just a few minutes. Um, you know, you mentioned about you know, not having any, I guess you are referring to supernatural encounters with the Lord or heard the audible voice of God, but the Lord put people in your path to speak to you. And yeah, that's, God speaks in different ways. You know, it's not just in dreams or audible or internally, he speaks through people as well. Um, you know, he, he used different symbols and things to communicate to us all the time. And so we just need to always ask him, you know, Lord, open my ears beyond my five senses that I may always be able to discern whatever method or resource that you're using to communicate to me. Um, so I'm glad you were able to identify that God was speaking through people to you. Um, you said you never had any encounters um, differently from that. When it comes to, have you ever asked God to like, you know, give you these, like, have you ever had those conversations with the Lord? Like, okay, God, I want that, that intimacy with you. Like I, yes, I, 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 I heard about you. Yes. I've read about you. Yes. I, I do all of that. I put all the works in that I can do, you know, now, now I need for you to, to do that. The reason why I'm asking that, because, you know, I, I got to that place where I was just, I didn't want to just hear about God. I, I wanted to know him. I read the word, it says he called us his friend. If I'm your friend, how come I don't know anything beyond what I've read? Or God, I want to, I want that intimacy with you. I want encounters. I want revelations. I, I want the wisdom. I want it all. Because when I read, for example, the Bible, I see a, a powerful God. I see a God that's beyond time, space, and everything. When I look at nature and, and, and the things men cannot make, even though they're trying to, to, to try to give us all of these theories about the Big Bang and all those stuff that I just even don't even, I, I can't, I can't grasp. Um, we like, just nature itself teaches that there is a higher power that's beyond us it, it's, it's it's greater than us so i want to know you like who are you and i set on that journey i didn't want to i push away everything that i i was raised in not because i didn't believe but i was like okay i want to i want to know I, I, yes, I, I hear, but I want to now know because there's a difference between believing something and knowing something. I got to that point where I wanted to know. And, and that's when I started to have these encounters. 
Now, I know that there are people who have asked God these things and it never happened. So I want to hear from you. Have you ever challenged God in that way? I, I guess I've never asked that way. And, and maybe that's something I should look at because I, I've kind of looked at it differently. Like the way I approach it is every, every day, every morning, it's like, you know, Lord Jesus, I surrender myself to you. You take care of everything. Tell me what you want me to do today. Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? And, and it, it's more of a, I believe, use me. You Use me as your, your mouthpiece. You know, I, I'm, I'm limited in what I can do physically anymore. I'm in a wheelchair and things like that. But my voice is still there. And I, it, you know, it, it's, it's funny. What I've come to, to understand is so many people in life seem to think that they are born empty. And that when they when they finally get into life, you know, when they get out of school and things like that, and they sort of get into life, that their job is to fill themselves up. You know, I got to have a good job. I've got to make a lot of money. I've got to have a good family. I've got to have an education. I got to live in a nice house. I've got to drive a nice car. And we fill ourselves up and that's going to make us happy. But what I've come to understand is that it's just the opposite. It's not we're born empty. It's we're born full. Mm. Everything we need to be successful or whatever in life is already inside us. And our job should not be to fill ourselves up. Our job should be to empty ourselves out for the betterment, certainly of ourselves, but of our family, of our friends, of our community, of our world, and of our God. And if we do that, think about it's not what we get. It's what we give. And what where I am right now is, okay, God, what do you want me to give? What do you want from me that, that I can do? And right now, for me, that's going on podcasts and sort of spreading the word that he wants me to say. Oh my goodness, Terry. My, my soul is filled with so much joy. You have no idea. I'm listening to you. And my, my, I'm, I've literally taken a breath, and this is not a joke. Like I'm, I'm sitting, I'm listening, I'm soaking in everything. But, but that's it right there. That, that is it. You are at that place of intimacy with God where you need to be. That's it. You, I love what you said. You said every day I wake up, I ask the Lord, Lord Jesus what is it that you want for me to do today? And you just give yourself away. And then you spoke the word of the day. The word of the day, guys, is this. Y'all, I hope you catch that. In case you didn't, I did, so I'm going to give it to you. The word of this podcast today is, we are born full. And our job is to empty ourselves and I'll just add a little touch of salt to it to let it let, let it be <laughs> perfect. Because it's already perfect, but you know what I'm saying? A little more salt will sure, be Sure, sure. To empty ourselves before we leave the earth. That's the most powerful thing I've heard all week. And I'm sorry, Terry, I'll be I'll be barring this quote. Okay. I will certainly be putting us on my WhatsApp and my social media as soon as we finish talk. We are all born full. 
and our job is to empty ourselves before we leave the earth. That is the word for today. Um, and you are where you should be. It is written while you were speaking, I, I hear the Lord said, tell him, blessed are you who have not yet seen. It is written, the scripture says that, but you believe. So though you might not have any supernatural encounters, it doesn't it doesn't make anybody greater than you or, or vice versa because you have not yet seen, but your faith is so is so cemented in the Lord. You get up every day, God, not my will, but thy will be done. And not a lot of people do that. They don't give themselves away to be used by God every day. They don't care about God's will every day. So I'm glad that you, I, I do honestly believe that you are in terms of your um, your spirituality, When it, based on what you just said, you are where you need to be with God. I and, hope so. I hope so. That's awesome. And so I, I, I'm hearing that. So so is, is it safe to say that you and the Lord Jesus Christ, you, you have a good thing going on right now? And, and tell us... Um, I want to ask this question. I, I it slipped me to ask you before we wrap things up. You mentioned about having the tumors in your lungs. Did you have any symptoms? I, I want you to, to share that with us because maybe persons need to be aware of, of 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 symptoms like these. You know, sometimes our bodies are given signals and we don't even know what's going on. But maybe if we can hear from you, what were you experiencing some of this? Any symptoms that you know would then lead up to this? So the tumors in my lungs are a metastasis, a, a spread of the cancer of the melanoma that I had in my foot. And so it, it's not it's not a new kind of cancer. It's just, um, as my doctor used to say, when you were diagnosed with cancer, wherever that cancer was in your body, it was already there. But in order to be able to see a tumor, it has to be the size of a garden pea. So, you know, the peas that we eat. And that's about a billion cells. And I know that sounds kind of scary to people. It's like, oh my God, I got a billion cancer cells in my body. Yeah, you do. Yeah, that, that's, that's you know, that's the case. So those, those tumors in my lungs when I was diagnosed back in 2012 didn't grow large enough to be seen until 2020. So it took eight years for those cells or for those that tumor to get big enough to be able to see on a CAT scan or an MRI or something like that. So, I mean, technology is great, but it's not perfect yet. You know, it's not like we can see it when it's just, you know, 10 cells or something like that. So for me, it's just a continuation of what I started back in 2012. And yes, I had, I was coughing up bloody phlegm. I was having a hard time breathing. As a matter of fact, there was there was a point where they were going to put me in 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 uh, palliative care, you know, which is one step before hospice care. And my doctor's like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try chemotherapy. And I I remember saying, Is it going to save my life? And he said, Well, maybe not, but it might buy you some more time. And I was eight years into this fight, and I said, You know, I don't think I want to do that, but. I'll go home and talk to my family. And, and this really did, it really did happen this way. It's kind of a funny story. So I go home and I start telling my wife and daughter, you know, what the doctor wants to do. And my daughter immediately is like, all right, we need a family meeting. I'm like, family meeting, there's three of us. It's not like we got a board here or something like that, you know? So 
we sit around the kitchen table and individually talk about how we feel about me having chemotherapy. And then when we're done with that, my daughter's like, all right, let's take a vote. How many people want dad to have chemotherapy? And my wife and daughter raised their hand. I'm like, wait a minute. Am I getting outvoted for something that I don't want to do? But one of the jobs I had in my life is I was a police officer. And I remembered back when I was in the police academy and our defensive tactics instructor used to have us bring a photograph of the people we loved the most, the class. And as we were learning different techniques to defend ourselves, we were to look at that photograph because he reasoned, you will fight harder for the people you love than you will fight for yourself. So I ended up taking chemotherapy, not because I wanted to, but because I love my family more than I love myself. Yes, and that's that's um, good enough reason. I'm so glad that you decide to take, um, you know, that step that could, as the doctor mentioned, buy you more time, because of course your family need you here, and um, you know I'm glad that you're here with us as well. We're learning so much from you today, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, so we are going to wrap things up for today. Um, Ari, is there anything that's on your heart? Um, that you want to share with someone, maybe someone is going through, um, you know, some kind of sickness and um, they might have prayed to God and they still have not received their healing. Um, what would you say to that person today? You know, I mean, and, and also, can you tell us what is your favorite scripture and why? Um. I, the, the 23rd Psalm has always been my, I, I mean, when I was on a, I was on a SWAT team with the police department and, and we had, the scripture was, you know, yea, though, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for the Lord is with me. And, and that's always been something, I, I mean, since I was a kid and, and that was something that on a police department, that's something we used to tell each other, you know, we're going to go up against something really scary and ugly here, but you know what, God's with us. Let me let me end this with with this story. I had a nurse recently ask me what it was like to have my foot amputated in 2018 and my leg amputated in 2020. And what I told her was, it hasn't been easy. You know, I'm, I'm six foot eight, trying to learn how to walk again. You know, falling from my height was, would not be a good thing. But what I told her was, cancer can take all my physical faculties. But cancer can't touch my mind, it can't touch my heart, and it can't touch my soul. And that's who I am. That's who you are. That's who everybody who's listening to us really is. And I'm not telling you, you know, not to go to the gym and not to eat right, not to get enough rest and not to reduce your stress. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm not telling you to do anything that, that you would do for your body. But what I am suggesting is maybe every day you spend a little more time working on your heart, your mind, and your soul. Because at the end of our lives, this body goes away. But that heart, that mind, and that soul, that's eternal. And that'll go on forever. Mm, awesome. I, I hope someone, you know, you were able to um, saturate yourself in that word today in case you yourself is experiencing, you know, something that you don't, you don't understand why. As you were sharing that with us, um, Terry, this, there's a scripture that came to my heart when Paul um, was 
was saying to the church, but he was really telling them to to try to resist sin as much as possible, even though it's hard. But then he went on to say, you have not resisted um, sin on to the point where blood, you know, he, he was referring to when Jesus Christ was in the garden of Gethsemane and he prayed to the point where he began to sweat blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wonder how, if he was in the garden of Gethsemane, how did they know that he sweat blood? But I guess when he returned back to the disciple, they, they would have seen the stain of the blood on his clothes, obviously. So they, they were able to know. Um, and maybe they asked him, you know, Lord, why do you have those that on you? And he said, well, I was praying. So maybe that's how they know to write that to us, to let us know that he prayed on to the point where he sweat blood. And, and, and so, you know, Paul was saying, listen, consider, I think it, it was in the book of Hebrews. And he said, consider the Lord Jesus Christ when we we start experiencing certain challenges um, so that our minds do not go weary, you know, so that we do not lose courage and and, and feel defeated. And that's exactly what I hear you're saying um, today, that listen, infirmity can touch your your physical aspect of you. I find myself having to remind myself that lately, like when I am being afflicted um, emotionally, like things would happen that put me to that place emotionally. And I would I would constantly remind the enemy, you can, you might succeed in putting me through these emotional um, roller coasters, I may say, or you might afflict me physically or do all the things that you can do, but you can never touch my soul. I've, I've given that to the Lord and you can never touch my soul. And I do hope that someone heard that word today that you gave and be encouraged that the enemy can do so much and no more. Yeah. But, but your soul is in the hands of the Lord and that's all that matter. I'm so glad that you came on here and share with us today, Terry. And um, I know that those that listen today, they are blessed. Of course, you, you... You have such an amazing story, and I do hope that it gets to reach as many persons all across the world. And I know that some anyone that hear your testimony today, they will be blessed. Um, as we wrap things up today, tell us where can we find Terry Tucker in case there's someone that, you know, experienced something like you mentioned, or someone wants to be encouraged in the faith you know, want to improve their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Tell us where can we find Terry and talk to us a little bit more about your book as well. Sure. So um, I have a blog. It's called Motivational Check. That's a, another thing I learned from the police department. Uh, it's motivationalcheck.com. Every day I put up a thought for the day. With that thought usually comes a question about how maybe you could apply it into your life. On Mondays, I put up the Monday morning motivational message. I have recommendations for books to read, videos to watch. My social media links are there. Uh, And you can get access to my book, Sustainable Excellence, The 10 Principles to Leading Your Uncommon and Extraordinary Life. All of that is at motivationalcheck.com. Awesome. Great. And so guys, remember motivationalcheck.com. Visit his website. You will find everything that you need to know um, as it relates to his book and 
so many good, great things, um, I should say, that's on that website that I know can help you in your daily walk with the Lord. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say before we go? No, I think that's, I think we've covered it. I, I, I can't tell you, Lanisha, how much I've enjoyed talking with you and, and talking about God. It is, it's powerful, it's uplifting, it's motivating, and I love doing it. Thank you very much for having me on your show. I am honored as well um, that you accepted the invite and I myself was blessed through this conversation. I mean, it's so refreshing just to hear your journey and you never gave up your faith until the point where instead of the, you know, some persons, they would go through things and in those deepest, darkest moments, they would give up on God. But just like Job, you held your ground and it pushed you even into deeper intimacy where now you can, you can share with us your wonderful relationship with the Lord Jesus. I'm so honored again to have Are you searching for powerful insights and divine revelations to deepen your relationship with God? Look no further. Introducing Bible Nation International, your go-to source for spiritual growth and enlightenment. We are a people that believes in the power of prior, unity, love, and most importantly, studying the Word of God. Every Wednesdays and Saturdays at 7 p.m., join us for an unforgettable journey as we together dive deeper into the mysteries of faith and unlock the secrets to a more meaningful relationship with God. At Bible Nation International, we believe in sharing profound insights that resonate with your soul. You can learn more on our blog site where you will find thought-provoking articles, inspiring experiences, and important tips to help you navigate life's challenges while strengthening your faith. But that's not all. Our website is also a treasure trove of resources, including podcasts, videos, and things that are designed to nourish your spirit and guide you on your spiritual journey. Listen, whether you're looking for answers to life's biggest questions or looking for inspiration to overcome obstacles, we are here for you. Like this podcast, we are dedicated to providing you with the tools and the knowledge that you need to experience a profound transformation in your relationship with the Lord. But don't just take my word for it. Join our vibrant community of believers who gather every Wednesdays and Saturdays at 7 p.m. for our captivating ministry events. Come and immerse your soul in worship, powerful teachings, and uplifting fellowship that will leave you refreshed and renewed. So if you're ready to take your faith to a new height, visit our website and blog site in the description link below. Or send us an email at itstheloveofgodforme at gmail.com to connect with us. Bible Nation International, ignite your faith and embrace the divine.